Hi everybody, welcome in to the Irish NFL Show. My name is Michael McQuaid at, well, opposite Tottenham Hotspur Stadium ahead of today's massive game in London. The Atlanta Falcons playing the New York Jets. Delighted to be joined by my co-host, Colin Cronin, Brian O'Leary. Boys, uh, a very, very warm welcome to Tottenham, to London. You know, 11 months ago, we started this show, uh, I guess, well, in my bedroom. You used to all started it from different offices. And look where we are now. It's, it's hard to believe. I want to thank everyone that's got us to this point. But Colm, obviously, welcome to you, first of all. A, a massive day today for us, but also a great day in the NFL in the return of the London Games to Tottenham. Yeah, look, it, it's great to, to be back in London to see the Games return after an enforced absence last year. And an intriguing matchup today. I mean, you've got, obviously, the, the two QBs, two new head coaches. Um, but the, the buzz about the place already this morning, even though it's still early, uh, it's palpable. And uh, it's nice to, to have our notes here and to see Tottenham Hotspur Stadium on it. Uh, when you go through and you see all the legendary stadium names, um, we're back in London and it's great to be live with you lads. Great to be live. And Brian, welcome in as well. Warm welcome to London for you. You were here two years ago when the Bucks played the Panthers. Bears and Raiders two years ago. Yes, the first game in this stadium. This is a fantastic stadium. You can fully understand as to why the NFL have picked this stadium in particular to share with Wembley in terms of playing games in the UK. It's second to none. It's arguably it's probably the best stadium in the UK now. Yeah, Colin's touched on it. We've got a really good game ahead of us today, the Jets and the Falcons. You know, a couple of weeks back, people were probably thinking this game really hasn't got much to it. But having seen the Jets win last week and cause a shock against the Titans, and the Falcons lose another cliffhanger to the Washington football team. Both teams really need to win this game. The Jets are coming into it. There's a lot of buzz about the Jets this week. All of a sudden, everybody's saying Zach Wilson looks like the reason why they picked him at number two. And they expect to see big things from him today. And Matt Eoyce, Matt Ryan, has had a fantastic career for the Falcons. Never got over the hump in terms of that Super Bowl loss to the, to the Patriots. They've had to rebuild since. They're in a rebuild now. But they've got some great players. And it has the makings of a great game today. Absolutely. I'm really excited for this game today. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. Now, you know, let's see what happens. We'll, we'll talk about live tomorrow night in that sense, but very excited. As you can see, we're behind the stadium. We're waiting on our first guest to come on today, D. Orlando Ledbetter, who is literally the king of Atlanta Falcons media. He should be coming on now in the next few moments. Uh, but until then, let's get through some games that we're looking at today. Well, there is a game here today, Colin, but let's, let's jump on this uh, Texans-New England Patriots game. So, for you today, ahead of this game, what, what's your thoughts? Do you think the Patriots will win it or do you think the Texans will win it? Uh, look, the, the Texans were, uh, I suppose, earlier in the week talking about bringing in more QB help. When you're at week five and you're talking bringing another QB in, um, things are not good. Patriots came up, obviously, a very good game plan against the Bucks and uh, almost came off for them. If they'd been a bit more aggressive, they might well have won that game. Um, I think, un unfortunately for, for the Texans, this is going to be uh, a loss today. I imagine you're going to see the Patriots lean more into uh, the run game than they did against the Bucs. The Bucs were so good against the, the run. So I expect Damian Harris um, to, to be a, a lot more, see a lot more of the ball today. Um, I, I just don't, you know, look, Brandon Cooks will get it. But with the way Bill Belichick schemes, I, I think this is... Uh, I, uh, a comfortable enough victory for the Patriots, even though they mightn't score a huge number of points. Brian, we're going to get our guest on in, the, in, a, in a few minutes after a break, but just your thoughts on this game very quickly. Well, Davis Mills has had a, a, a rough start in terms of, you know, I suppose he wasn't expecting to play too much. Obviously, there was the injury 
to Taylor immediately and he came in and he played reasonably well against the Panthers, but we saw last week when he went up against a really top defense in Buffalo, who are number one defense in the league, he struggled. It was a shutout. And this week he's going up against the fifth best defense in the league. And I touched on it last week during the show that I felt that everybody was talking about the, they felt the, the books would blow the Patriots away. And I felt they wouldn't because the defense has been so strong and it's probably the, the key point of the team now, obviously with the fact that they have a rookie in Mac Jones there, and again today, Davis Mills is going to, I believe he'll struggle. He's going to come up against a really top defense. I think the Patriots will be a bit methodical. I think long drives, similar to what we saw last week, not expecting Mac Jones too, too much. Colin touched on more reliant on the run game. But look, we touched on the fact that we feel the Texans are going to struggle all year long. And this game is, is food and drink for the Patriots and for Bill Belichick. I think the Patriots will win comfortably. Yeah, I can see them winning comfortably as well. I think the defense will get them over the line. And I also can't see the Texans putting up enough points to get over the Patriots. And I don't think the Patriots' offense is anything special in, in a rookie quarterback in Mac Jones, but I can see the Texans winning by, or sorry, I can see the Texans losing by seven to ten points. They're not going to win. Don't worry. Remember that last year. <laughs> uh, we're actually going to take a quick break here now because we have our special guest coming on in about 30 seconds to a minute. D. Orlando Ledbetter uh, from the Falcons Media is going to come on. We'll see you very shortly on the Irish NFL Show. Thanks for sticking with us. Okay, everyone, welcome back in to the Irish NFL Show from Tottenham Hotspur Stadium in North London. You can see Mark's not here this week. Hello, Mark, if you're watching, but we have a very suitable replacement in. We said yesterday, Colin Brown, the royalty of Atlanta Falcons mm -hmm. media, D. Orlando Ledbetter. D. Orlando, it's, well, D. Led, as Matt Ryan apparently <laughs> calls you, according <laughs> to Michael on Friday. It's, it's, it's very, very, you know, it's, it's a warm welcome to London. Massively appreciate you coming on this morning and, and welcome to the Irish NFL show. Well, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here and uh, knew when you all extended the invitation, I'd be more than happy to join you all. Thanks for having me. I wasn't on the original broadcast. These guys were on it. Uh, you were on a few, like a, a two or three months ago. During the uh, quarantine, I came on with uh, the fella. Yes, sir. But have right. you any Irish heritage yourself? Because I never got to ask you. So have you ever been um, I meant to ask my wife and daughter because they've been studying that. And, uh, um, you know, I, did, I didn't double check before I left, but I know Ledbetter's a German name. But uh, we're going to just say I have some Irish descent somewhere in there. <laughs> yes, sir. Orlando, I suppose, hasn't been maybe the start of the season that the Falcons would have wanted. Mm -hmm. um, but there have been, there've been flashes. Um, and I suppose Cordell Patterson, probably the, the, high, the highlight of the season thus far. How much of a surprise was that to, to you and to those around the Falcons? Or had he shown out during training camp and maybe the wider league hadn't realized it as yet? Yeah, no, Cordell's the guy that... Uh... You know, he's from uh, uh, the South, South Carolina. He played at Tennessee and SEC. That's all Atlanta country. So we've been following him since high school. He's a fast guy, great returner at uh, Tennessee. Uh, got drafted high by the Minnesota Vikings, but never turned into this player that we're seeing now at age 30 that uh, could be a triple threat, a runner, a catcher, and a returner. And uh, the Falcons have tapped into that and put him in positions to make plays. And he's been the MVP of the season thus far for the Falcons. The Orlando, new head coach in Arthur Smith. But we're seeing the same frailties on this team that what we saw last year. In particular, they, they have games won. And then they find ways to throw the game away. Last week against Washington football team, the game was there for them. And they just found ways to lose that one. And similar enough to what we saw last year, there were so many games last year the Falcons should have won. And the record at the end of the season, probably didn't do the team true justice, a reflection of what a good team they were. Obviously, they've changed the coaches. Are you surprised that we're seeing similar things happen, a similar pattern this yeah, season? Yes, I am, uh, Brian, and I brought that up to coach's attention, but he pointed out 
to me not to go down that road in his mind, of course, because uh, just a week before they did the opposite. They had uh, came, come through in the fourth quarter, uh, scored a long uh, touchdown drive, 11 plays, 75-yard drive, got a defensive stop, and then went right down the field and kicked the field goal for the win. So just a week earlier, they were clutch in the fourth quarter. And then a week later, they went reverted to their old way. So he's got to fix that. I don't know if it's a mentality thing, uh, not closing out deal. But uh, when it was time to make plays in, down the stretch against, um, against the Washington football team last week, they didn't do it. And that's been a problem um, since the Super Bowl. Yeah. Not Obviously, leaving Atlanta on Thursday, mm -hmm. they get the red light flight. I mean, that's, that's difficult for any team. It doesn't matter if you're on the East Coast or the West Coast coming over here. It must be difficult coming over here yourself and you're not even playing, you know. Um, obviously, the news comes out about Calvin Ridley before it, before it even gets on the plane. Uh, there are a few depletions today, but what's the general buzz around the team coming to London? Because, you know, obviously now it's become a regular thing and it's good to have the Falcons back in London. Yeah, I know the Falcon fans were really excited when the news came out last year. Uh, you know, unfortunately, you know, we were living in different times and, and the trip didn't get made till this year. Uh, there's still some people, at least um, the, the plane I came on was pretty packed with a lot of folks from Atlanta. The cheerleaders are coming. Um, so, yeah, it's still a, um, you know, we're going to make our way back, but it's still a, a lot of interest in uh, the NFL and the NFL uh, playing football in Europe. One player who I suppose there was a lot of buzz about coming into the, the draft and, you know, because he has so much potential, but Kyle Pitts. And maybe we all expected a little bit too much. It's very tough for tight ends to come into this league. And, you know, even the greats, you know, that first season, it was a real transition. But what's the feeling amongst the Falcons about Kyle Pitts? And, um, you know, can he, is he going to grow? And is his role going to grow as this season goes on? Yeah, I try to warn everybody during the uh, exhibition season. I'm like, look, tight ends don't come in and do well. Tony Gonzalez didn't even start. He, he uh, played 16 games but only had 33 balls. Um, Jeremy Shockey was the best tight end in the last, you know, since 2002, the first one to get 1,000. Then you got to go all the way back to 1961 with Mike Dicker. So I'm like, hey, you people, calm down. Here's a list of all these guys. Uh, Antonio Gates, Ozzie Newsome, the greatest tight ends ever, John Mackey. Um, this is what they did as rookies. Now, uh, y'all expecting 1,000 yards, 100 catches from this kid? Um, that might be a little hot, but he's working hard. The coaches say he's learning. He's got a great teacher in Justin Peel who um, used to play for the Falcons, played 10 years in the league as a tight end. So, I, you know, I've been telling him, hey, y'all need to be patient, but, you know, the fantasy owners and so forth haven't been hearing me, and they want, they want their 10 catches for 160 yards and three touchdowns. Maybe we'll see that today over here in London. Diana, just on today's game, because – we were discussing just before you came on the show how I wouldn't say evenly matched both teams are, but the Jets are coming off a win last week, which a lot of people didn't expect. Mm -hmm. Titans had a lot of injuries. And all of a sudden, as the week has gone on, a lot of people are picking the Jets to win the game, where I'd imagine two weeks ago that wouldn't have been even in the conversation because of how poorly the Jets started the season. Your thoughts on the game and where where did the Falcons, what the Falcons need to do in particular to win the game today? Yeah, um, after you do your drill down, um, you know, because I, I think I've been moving with those fans because, um, you know, the Jets have a pretty good defensive front. They do. And Quentin Williams is one of the best uh, young defensive tackles in the league. 
Uh, C.J. Mosley's one of the best linebackers, four-time Pro Bowl. So that is a strength on a Falcons' weakness, the, the offensive line, which has had trouble opening holes in the run game and at times protecting Matt Ryan. So if they don't do those two things today, the Jets will get after him. Robert Sala, the new coach, he's very aggressive. He's got a couple Falcon defensive coordinators over there, former coordinators, and uh, Jeff Ulbrick and Marquand Manuel. So they know the Falcons. They know exactly where the soft spots are and where to, uh, how to attack them. So if the Falcons line doesn't come out and establish that, hey, we're going to win this line of scrimmage today, we're going to open up some holes for Mike Davis for the first time, and we're going to get Cordarrelle Patterson loose, you know, they've been able to do that part. Um, then it's going to be a long day for the Falcons. There's one player in particular who I feel they could get a, an advantage on, and he hasn't he hasn't had too much yet. He got a couple of snaps last week. That's the running back, Wayne Gallman. Um, as a Giants fan, I was disappointed to see him leave. I know mm -hmm. he went to San Francisco, and they quickly released him mm -hmm. uh, during training camp. He's got the potential to be a, a really good number two. Got a, it looked like he was gradually getting a couple of snaps last week. He could be a, a bit of a dark horse for the team today. Yes, no question about it. Wayne is a uh, you know local kid from Grayson High, uh, suburban Atlanta. Uh, played at Clemson. Speed back, third traditional third down, catch the ball at the backfield back. But um, they need some explosive plays out of that position, and he gave him a couple last week. Coach told me that on that 13-yard run at the backside at block Cole uh, Holcomb, that that was going to be a touchdown. So he said they're not that far off from busting these runs, and Wayne Gallman's a guy who could certainly bust them. So uh, we'll look forward to that today. The kid I want to see with the receivers down is the Frank Darby kid, the wide receiver from Arizona State. Um, him and Matt Ryan worked together well in the exhibition season. He ran a lot of the routes because Calvin was uh, uh, coming back from his ankle. He ran um, – uh, coach gave me a number, but he ran more routes than any other receivers in training camp. But um, so they do have some timing together and they do have some work in the bank that they might be waiting to, um, you know, display here today. Mm -hmm. There seems to be a real desire from the Blank family to take the Falcons internationally. And obviously now, you know, well, there's news, there's rumors that the NFL is willing to let uh, teams establish their own markets in certain countries. Have you any idea what the Falcons might do there? I mean, you're seeing, for example, there's rumors the Jets might pick England. There's different. Obviously, now there's going to be word on Tuesday, the Orlando of Germany's getting the game. So it should be fun. Yeah, Mr. Blank has uh, definitely had his eye on uh, London for a long time. Uh, you know, with uh, Darren Eels, who has some ties to, to Tottenham. Uh, you know, he has the Atlanta United team playing in the major uh, league soccer over in America, the Five Stripes. So, um, yeah, I'm pretty sure they are. We haven't heard that expressed. You know, they've been bidding for the World Cup games and then uh, trying to get another Super Bowl back to Atlanta. But I'm sure the European horizon is uh, is definitely on his radar. Yolanda, I suppose as we, we move to looking to get your prediction on this game, but just interested, we saw Zach Wilson has had moments over the, the first few weeks. Um, you know, I mean, look, just like rookie tight ends, rookie tight uh, QBs go through growing pains. We've seen some of those. Uh, he's taken a lot of sacks, but also at times he's broken loose. He looked really good um, last week against the Titans. How do the Falcons go about looking to slow him down and, you know, um, keep that the, the Jets? I mean, I suppose his relationship with Corey Davis found him a lot. How do the Falcons go about slowing those guys down? Yeah, well, A.J. Terrell, um, 
you know, should be the main guy on Corey Davis, although the Falcons don't flip-flop. They stay on one side. So, you know, that's the starting part. Then the defensive front has got to contain him. You know, maybe not sack him, but keep him from running around because he, he does his damage when he's running around. Um, the Corey Davis play was kind of like a playground play. Hey, get down the field. And uh, he threw it to him. You know, you can't plan for that. So, you know, you stay with your guy, keep him in the pocket. And, you know, if you get you get your hands on a couple balls, you know, you need to come up with them. They, they dropped a couple interceptions last week against Washington football. And they also let um, uh, the quarterback, uh, you know, get out and uh, do some damage. Heineke, Taylor Heineke, let him get out and do some damage on the run. So that, that's going to be key for the Falcons today, containing Zach Wilson, staying with the receivers. And if you get your hands on a couple balls, pull them down. Yeah, we're going to run through some other games because it's a it's a packed schedule. Just to be yeah. quiet. Just you can give us your, your pick for the game now, the okay. Orlando. Are the Falcons going to win? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think they're going to win. They're going to show up. Uh, you know, sometimes when when got teams have adversity, uh, you know, with people getting hurt and injured, and you know, Calvin is not here for personal reasons. You know, the guys lift up and and get the job done. That's what they're going to probably do today. If you got Colin for this game today, Falcons Jets. Uh, I think this will be a high-scoring game. Uh, I think both of these teams are capable of of putting up points. Um, I I just think that the the Jets have a bit of momentum, and um, the the fact that I suppose look Zach Wilson had a bit of a baptism of fire. Um, you go up against a Vic Fangio defense, and you're going to have all sorts of schemes. But he'll have learned from that, and he'll um, he'll have I think picked up a, a few bits and pieces. I think the the Jets, for me, they are on a bit of a high, um, and I think they can edge this one in a, in a thriller. But look, I think there's probably a field goal in it either way. I think both teams are going to score um, above the 30-point mark. What do you think, Brent? I took time to reflect on the Jets' win. I went through some of the action on the game, and the, seven, the front seven of the Jets in particular, and seven being the magical number, because uh, Tannehill was sacked seven times in the game. But at the same time, the Titans still drove up and down the field for large parts of the game. And in the first half, they let some touchdowns go and miss. And they ended up taking field goals, which allowed the Jets to hang around in the game. And ultimately, they won the game. But I, I still, despite the players not being here, such as Gage, the wide receiver, and really, I still feel the Falcons on the day can be explosive enough. And I think they have, I think they have enough to win this game. No rookie quarterback has won in the UK on their travels. We've had this will be the fifth rookie quarterback to come come to the UK, not one has won yet, and there's a, a minus 78 point difference in the score. So <laughs> I think we're going to tag on another 20, 25 today. I think the Falcons will win. I do believe it'll be a high scoring game, entertaining Falcons to win for me. Just very quickly before I get my pick, Mark, who isn't here, picked New England. Sorry, Mark, should have said it a minute ago. Mark's picking the Falcons for this as well. So you're hopping up here, Orlando. I'm going to be the bad guy here. I, I, I think the Jets are going to win. Do you know why? Because I made a complete idiot of myself last Sunday. I was sitting in this like cafe doing a show and I said, I'm not even going to talk about the Jets. I'm just, just going just gonna to pick the Titans. And let's just say on Monday morning, my, my Twitter mentions weren't great. So uh, I just have a feeling. I, lads, I really like Robert Sala. I think with time, this team can do really well. But I think Zach Wilson's going to make a statement today. And I think the offense could get them a win in what could be the best London game in a lot of years in terms of scores. I really hope for the neutral most of us here, we're watching it. That is a really good game. But I'm, I'm going to pick the Jets. 
are you hopping up the stair right if we take a quick break and, and just look at a few games? Yeah, you have Oh, up. sure, no problem. Well, tell you what, we'll, we'll look at three or four games with the Orlando. We'll take a quick break and we'll be back in 90 seconds on the Irish NFL show, live from Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Okay, folks, welcome back into the Irish NFL show, live from Tottenham Hotspur Stadium in London, ahead of today's game between the Atlanta Falcons and the New York Jets. Delighted to have D led here, D Orlando Ledbetter uh, from the Atlanta Falcons Media. We've also, boys, just when it was taking a break, they're practicing the national anthems. Catherine Jenkins singing there a minute ago, just behind us. Lovely singing, lovely yeah. singing. Let's uh, let's jump on some games. I know there's obviously another 13 games today, including an absolutely mental Sunday night football. You're going to struggle tonight watching that at 1 a.m. Oh, yeah, no doubt, no <laughs> doubt, no doubt about it. <laughs> let's, uh, let's look ahead. We've got uh, Minnesota going up against Detroit today. Colin, what's your thoughts on that game today, starting with you? Well, look, the, the Vikings could have won every game this year. They have been really, um, they've been really Vikings uh, because that's what they do. Uh, it comes down to field goals and, you know, um, if no team, I think, um, outside of the Bills has had as much heartbreak as the Vikings when it comes to field goals. Um, their, their offense, they, they have so many weapons. Um, even without Dalvin Cook, they've looked to move the ball plenty. Um, Thielen, Jefferson... Um, we saw uh, Kirk Cousins, um, you know, he, I think, brought, like threw his first interception last week. Um, but I still think they will have too much for a Lions team who are playing hard under uh, Dan Campbell. But they're the Lions. They, they find ways to, to lose. And I think going to U.S. Bank Stadium, uh, they just won't have enough today. The, the Vikings get, get to uh, two and three. Yeah, if you're a Vikings fan, you must be scratching your head in terms of some of the losses. The three games in which they've lost, they've lost by a combined 11 points. So they are there. They're in every game. They were unfortunate against the Cards. They missed their last second field goal. So they lost in a field goal in Cincinnati. They're there. They're so close and they've got a great team. And you look at the first three games in particular, plus 400 yards offense for Kirk Cousins, 24 touchdowns combined for the first three games. They were slowed up last week for 240 yards in a real kind of dogfight type game. They lost 14-7 to the Browns. The Browns did what the Browns do in terms of their defense is so strong and they were able to hold up that Vikings offense. But in this particular game, they're going up against arguably the weakest team in the league. I mean, you could challenge Texans and Lions right now. And in fairness to the Lions, they have played reasonably well, but they just don't have enough players when it comes to the crunch to make big plays to win the game that it's the first time they've been zero and four in six years so normally by now they're usually two and two but they're weak goff is playing well but he doesn't have enough weapons around them so for me it's a difficult game for for the lions the vikings will win and rebound off a difficult loss last week what's your thoughts there Orlando? yeah um yeah the lions are struggling they're struggling uh coach campbell's got his mentality in place they're playing tough but um like Brian said, they just don't have enough weapons, None, not on the outside. Nobody's going to threaten the defense. Uh, you know, and Jared Goff is, uh, you know, he's a man without weapons to fight with. And uh, that's going to be problematic up in Minnesota today. I, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to say with the first pick of the 2022 NFL draft, the Detroit Lions pick, but we could be getting – I mean, like, they're, they're not going to win. They're, they're not winning games at the minute. And it's just, I don't know, 0-4. But uh, Mark has picked – Minnesota. So it's a full house. Full house. Minnesota. Full house. Oh, yeah. Minnesota. I, I'm picking the Vikings. All in. I, I, th I think I, this could be the week that they finally get it together. And you're completely right, lads. Some of those, like last week, 
how the Vikings didn't, didn't get more points on the board. I'm not saying win, but get more points on the board last week. I'll, I'll never understand. Um, Eagles at Panthers. That game's obviously the Bank of America Stadium column. Panthers 3-1. Chance to go 4-1 against this Eagles team, but this Eagles team is not an easy team to play. No, they're not. And the, only, the problem for the, the Eagles is they give up so many points. Um, and it's not on um, Jalen Hurts. I think that's the most important thing. I think Jalen Hurts has been really good. I said in our preview uh, show, I didn't understand the, the trade for Gardner Menchu because I always thought you run it back with Hurts. Hurts is a very talented QB. Um, and let's be honest, there aren't a huge number in the next draft. I think for if you're the Eagles, you're probably taking blue chip players on defense. Um, they could have potentially three first round picks. Brian and I were discussing that um, this morning problem the Eagles give up so many points and this Panthers team even without run CMC are a handful they're so good on defense although obviously they they lost to JC Horn hurt them um so they went out and they go and uh, acquire a new a new cornerback look they're the Panthers are obviously serious business about this year I think they'll have enough to overcome the Eagles today you wouldn't have thought after week five that two of the top rushing quarterbacks in the league would be Sam Darnold <laughs> and Jalen Hurts, but that's the fact, that's the reality. The Panthers have built an offense around Darnold, which is scheming to allow him to use his legs, and it was probably something that was underachieved when he was with the Jets. We all felt that, most of us felt that he was a good quarterback in the, in the wrong place, in the wrong situation. I think right now we're starting to see the fruition in terms of he is a solid enough quarterback within the league. The Panthers' defense is really strong, and it's been really aggressive and very good, and People said that they were disappointing last week and they got the doors blown off them. But when you reflect on the game itself against the Cowboys, they were winning 14 13 at half time. They went, they gave up 20 unanswered points in the third quarter and then won the fourth quarter 14 3. So that third quarter last week is where the game went away. So I don't think there's too much to be written, written about in terms of this Panthers team. I still think they're very strong. I do feel they'll win today because, as Collins touched on, the defense for this Eagles team is atrocious right now. And for the Eagles to win games, they have to be putting up 34, 35 points. And I don't believe they'll be able to do it against this particular Panthers defense. So for me, the Panthers will win today. Yeah, they're practicing the national anthem there behind us, dear Orlando. Probably can't hear it on, on, the, uh, on the broadcast, but lovely. Yeah, it sounds beautiful. <laughs> Looking forward to a sterling rendition of the anthem today. Uh, obviously about. playing both hands about UK and US. Yes, yeah, I'm looking forward to that too. We'll see you Remember soon. Remember my times at the Olympics when you had to you heard everybody. <laughs> what year did what year did Atlanta have it? Ninety six was it? They were in ninety six. I covered the two thousand Olympics in Sydney. Hundred percent, hundred percent. That awesome. was jet lag. That yeah, was, <laughs> that was no I'm going to pick Carolina and I'm going to leave that because I think Dar boys, I actually think Darnold is class and I would love him at the team that I support, which I'm not going to name yet. I'm still better about there was no Broncos Falcons game last year in London, but right. we, we should be talking this now, but we're not. What's your thoughts on this game? Sam Darnold looks good, doesn't he? Dear yeah, Sam Darnold's a kid who came out of USC, um, you know, got beat up at the Jets. They just couldn't put enough around him. But, uh, you know, he's got, um, you know, Coach Rule knows exactly what to do with him. He's brought in some um, Robbie Anderson and, and Sam were together at the Jets. And I thought they would be um, a little bit more of a threat here early on. But I, I, that's a relationship to watch this season. It's going to continue to grow. Um, McCaffrey, I don't know if he's going to be back or not. I know he was back at practice, but getting Stefan Gilmore on defense kind of solidifies the weakest part of their roster. They already had guys up front. Um, you know, they drafted Derek Brown last year, uh, got the linebackers a couple years ago. 
Um, so they, they're a problem. They're a problem for the Falcons in the NFC South. They're going to be a problem today as they face the Eagles. Yes, sir. And Mark picking the card out of Panthers as well. Hi, Mark. Hi to everybody watching as well. Two games to go with, with the Orlando before he disappears into the media accreditation unit downstairs. <laughs> but <laughs> the Washington football team, WFT column, against the New Orleans Saints. Uh, Saints getting beat by the, by the Giants last week. So obviously going up against another NFC East team. What's your thoughts? Um, well, the Saints are a problem for themselves. Um, if you remember, <laughs> um, my my notes last week uh, were the Giants were the best of the 0-3 teams um, and that the Saints are Jekyll and Hyde. Um, well, unfortunately, um, it, you know, for, for the Saints, it was the bad that was on, on show um, la last week. And this Washington team showed real um, heart and spirit um, in, in coming back. Um, Antonio Gibson revealed during the, the week that he had a, a, stre a stress fracture and sh or then it was shin splints. That's not exactly what you want to hear. But look, any um, team with Terry McLaurin um, is in with a puncher's chance. He is uh, the like he, he's magic. I really think he's underrated in this league. What he can do, he just finds ways to, to beat you. He was breaking ankles la last week on the poor on the poor Falcons. Um, <laughs> I think that um, the this will be the Washington football team who'll end up um, going above 500 um, after this. They get the win over the Saints. Brian, Giants fan, dear Orlando, so just take this pick in mind. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> There was a great win for the Giants last week. Mm. But um, I want to focus on, on Washington football team. Uh, we discussed the game last week with the Falcons. But the, whilst they won the game, the frailties are there with this defence. This defence, for many, at the start of the season, was arguably one of the best in the league. So this time last year, they were averaging 20 points in terms of what they gave up. Now they're averaging 31 points a game. It's the third worst in the league. Chase Young is yet to have a sack. And for the Saints, I think we're seeing a new Saints in the sense that we're used to seeing an explosive offense when Drew Brees was there, and that kind of petered out, petered out towards the end because he was struggling. But now we're seeing a more kind of, you know, what's the right word? Kind of slow down. You know, let's just run the offense methodically and let let James Winston not turn the ball over, and and kind of rely on the likes of Kamara to run the ball. Last week, was the Giants won the game, they still ran for 170 yards, and 130 of those were for Kamara. He's their weapon. Teams are going to obviously try to take him out of it, but he's, he's that good. Teams can take him out of it. And for me, I still believe that the Saints offense will do enough against this Washington football team today to put up enough points. And I don't believe that the, because bear in mind, this Saints, uh, sorry, the Saints defense is ranked seventh in the league. They're, they, they kind of, you know, they, they lost their way towards the end of the game last week. But by and large, this season, they've been quite good. For me, I think the Saints will go into Washington and win the game. Here we got the Orlando Mark has got the Washington football team. What's your thoughts? I have the Saints winning this game. They have a better roster top to bottom. Uh, and I think, you know, they have some possibilities to get the offense moving in addition to uh, Kamara. Uh, you know, I think more leaning a little bit more on Tyson Hill and his gadget rows uh, maybe takes a little bit off of uh, Jameis Winston's plate. I just think that's a better defense. They're not going to leave scary Terry McLaren open <laughs> like the Falcons did and just let him catch a couple – well, the one fade route was pretty good, but then a couple other just balls that the quarterback just threw up in the air. Um, the Saints aren't going to leave Scary Terry open, so I'm going with them to win this football game as they move their offense and reconfigure it around Jameis Winston to be more productive. Sean Payton's one of the great offensive minds in the game, and he'll figure this thing out here as we get uh, quarter past the, the quarter past mark of the season.
Yes, sir. And we had, well, our friend Jeff Rainbow had Thomas Morstead on his show on oh. Friday night. He was live from London uh-huh. in his hotel room. And he was saying that he thinks he's going to have all the Saints fans support today in London. He was joking about that there. So <laughs> it's interesting in that yeah. sense. I was watching the game last week. Washington, Atlanta on Red Zone. So we get Red Zone here live. There's, mm-hmm. there's, there's no delay or anything. And it came up with a stat to Orlando. Win probability, I think it was 30-22. The okay. win probability at the time was like 8% for Washington. I could, okay. As a neutral, it was a very entertaining game. But Terry, scary Terry, as you said, boys, mm-hmm. is... Uh, <laughs> He's he's magic. Let's just be honest. He's fantastic. Really like Taylor. I really like Taylor Heineke. I, I'm gonna say Washington. I was double checking to make sure I made the right pick here, boys. But I'm gonna say Washington. <laughs> and we'll talk about matchbook etc. Later on, Code Irish NFL show. But uh, one final game with you. Mm-hmm. So we'll, we'll get your pick last. Getting emotional already, boys. Gonna, <laughs> we'll have to get this in again. Uh, Jacksonville against Tennessee. Jacksonville, the London-bound Jaguars. Column next week. Jaguars. <laughs> Next week, uh, what's your thoughts? Do you think Trevor gets a little win before he comes over here next week? Or? I think the Jaguars are going to be delighted. They have a game to talk about <laughs> uh, after the week that, that they've had. Um, I mean, all of the talk earlier in the week was about how players were fed up, players had lost respect. Um, it's a nightmare scenario. And um, if you're the, the Titans, this is the game you wanted. You're, you're down a number of players and... For the Titans, their biggest issue is, um, I think, the the number of sacks that they are giving up. Um, that's a, a huge. I mean, seven last week to to the Jets. And um, but this this Jaguars team, I think Josh Allen and Gotsis have two sacks each. But it's not um, that formidable front seven. Um, even without their missing players, um, I I think that um, the the Titans will have enough. I think probably were a little bit complacent last week um, in thinking that they'd steamroll the Jets, but I I have them to bounce back today um, and to to move to three and two on the season and get a victory over the Jags. Because of the Urban Meyer situation all week, and obviously the conversation and the media stories around the fact of what he did after that game in terms of not traveling back with the team. What's lost in all of that was what I thought was a reasonably good performance by the Jags against the Bengals on Thursday night. They only lost by a field goal. They were up 40-0 early in the game. And they were well within, they were well with the Bengals throughout that game. And the week prior to that, they played against the Cardinals. And they were well within in that game in, until the, um, a silly offensive play caused a pick six. So for me, I don't think things are as gloomy for the Jags as it may seem. Um, their run defense has been quite efficient so far, and they're going up against Derek Henry, who arguably is one of the best running backs in the league. And I think James Robinson might have a day. And sometimes in the NFL, like I said last week, when everybody expected the Bucs to roll over the Patriots, sometimes in the NFL, strange results happen. And after the week they've had, nobody's expecting anything from this Jags team. And when you look at the team, they have a lot of veteran players who just want to play football and want to win games because they don't know where they're going to be playing next season. And they want to put enough on film for other teams potentially to sign them next year. So for me, it's a pride team more so than the Urban Meyer story. I think the Jags are going to cause an upset and win the game. Crazy few days for the Jaguars. Back in the day, they used to come over here on the Monday, spend a whole week here. It was nuts. I don't know how they've done it, but uh, that's a tough matchup today, isn't it? Against Titans. Yeah, that's a tough one. The team's in a, a really hard spot. Um, you know, the Bengals game, if, if Urban doesn't go for it on the one, kicks the field goal instead of uh, getting nothing, uh, maybe they win that game. So the players were already kind of, you know, on edge. But if they can rally, like uh, Brian is suggesting, play for themselves. Go out there and take care of business against Tennessee. Despite what's going on off the field, you know, maybe they got a shot. 
but I don't think so against Derrick Henry in Tennessee. Uh, I know Julio's out. I think uh, Brown may be coming back, but they just have um, they're they they are an AFC contender who's off to a slow start, and they're gonna look at this as an opportunity to get right and get back in the win column. So I think Tennessee is going to get their season pointed back in the right direction with a uh, big victory over the Jaguars. If I was facing a Tennessee Titans team looking for a revenge game and I seen Derrick Henry standing there, I'd be scared. I, I, yeah. I think I think the Jaguars are going to London 0-5 and we'll talk about the Jaguars next week properly, but I think the Titans will be just too much. And I can't I just can't see them winning. And the Orlando it's all good things must come to an end. Like we're, we're I'm, I'm already tearing up here at the thought of this, but you know what? Honestly, as a guy that's flew out here, going to the game, you know, you've got yourself over here early. We really appreciate you coming on the show, and hopefully, we can return the fever someday in Atlanta. We'll, we'll do a live show from Atlanta. Yeah, yeah. all right, good. That'd yeah. be good. That'll be good. Well, thanks for having me, Mike, uh, Brian, and Colin. It was a pleasure to come on your show, and good luck to um, the rest of the season for you all. We'll see you in LA and SoFi Stadium with the Falcons That's in February. Right. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to take a quick break on the Irish NFL show, and we'll be back in a few minutes just picking on some more games today. Okay, folks, welcome back into the Irish NFL show live from Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. There's somebody singing the national anthem for the US behind us. I'm not sure. I mean, they must be practicing. Yeah, I don't know. I, uh, yeah, sound check. Brian, we haven't had a proper chance to chat yet. You must be delighted to be here. Yeah, you're buzzing. Yeah, London. London, baby, yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm absolutely thrilled to be here, yeah. You know, we've got this game, we've got next week game, another show here next week. Some great guests lined up for next week as well. It's, it's meet great. up. Meet up and, next oh, Saturday course, night in Kilburn. Meet up um, on Saturday night in, in the Fiddler in Kilburn, and we've got a, um, the numbers in terms of ticket sales have been fantastic. It's great to see all the NFL fans coming out and supporting the show. And look, as I said, on the show on Monday night leading up to today, the amount of effort and time that's been put into this like this doesn't all happen overnight we've been planning this for six weeks since the start of the season and it's all come to fruition and look it's a great show so far obviously thanks to everybody that's made it happen we'll, we'll talk more we'll talk more about that at the end obviously the irish nfl show presented by trust gaming presented by matchbook betting exchange you can use code irish nfl show to get a bonus on your nfl bet today 18 plus gamble aware and um, more on that later on maybe get some picks tampa bay tom brady going up against uh, one of his old division rivals the miami dolphins Tough matchup column for a Dolphins team the week before having to get in a plane and coming to London. Uh, nightmare scenario. <laughs> yeah, if, if you're the the Dolphins, um, they ju they're just struggling to to move the ball and against the Bucks defense. Um, you know, uh, Richard Sherman has had another week. We know how good um, their front seven is. Um, the the issue, I suppose, has been in the secondary. But like, can the Dolphins really exploit that? I just can't can't see it i mean i think belichick came up with a really good plan last week where he obviously said look can't run the ball on them but we can try and exploit them by with the in the passing game um i don't think that the dolphins are um going to be able to to do enough uh to do it and uh i i think that the the bucks will will win this one continue to march on inexorably towards the the playoffs and tom brady uh his uh kind of so uh, I suppose journey for yet another ring continues. Yeah, let's let's roll through this. Mark's picking Tampa Bay. Are, are you going to pick Tampa Bay? I am going to take Tampa Bay, and I'll, and I'll give you a valid reason why. The, the Dolphins' defense—they're they're giving up an average of 30, 31 points a game. Me and Colin picked the Dolphins to go to the playoffs as a wild card, and a lot of that was down. Well, I suppose a combination of we felt two would make a step up from year two. He's obviously out injured, questionable whether he'll be here next week playing. 
And we, we expected more out of this defense because last year, Brian Flores had this defense playing really well. They're, they're blitz heavy. They're, they're the highest blitz team in, in the entirety of the NFL. 40% of their plays are blitz. And that is something that, Bray, you know, on a day, Brady can struggle against. If they get players up the middle and they can get a push on the offensive line, the problem is, will they? Probably not. And what happens then? They leave themselves exposed in the back end. And who else? Who better than Brady to expose weak secondaries, which it shouldn't be because they've got great players such as Howard and players like that. But it hasn't worked for them so far. So for me, it's going to be a high-scoring game. I do actually think that Brissett may have a bit of a rebound game and he'll put points up on this Bucks defense. Just bear in mind, they're struggling in the secondary. They've got a lot of injuries. Surprised they didn't go in for Gilmore, actually, because I felt he could have been a player that they could brought in. Having brought in a lot of experienced players last year on the run to the Super Bowl. But for me, Brady's going to win. This is the one team Brady has a very poor record against. In fact, 12 losses in his career against Miami, double against double in comparison to any other team. But that was always winning the, the rounds of the AFC East when he played for Patriots. High-scoring game, Bucks win, probably put up about 40 points. Yeah, as, as I said previously, Mark's picking Tampa Bay. My picks last week were a complete disgrace, and I'm going to leave it at that. But another team that was very disappointing was the Dolphins last week, and I just can't see how they're going to get us together today against Tom, against, I was going to say, Tampa Brady, against Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Bucks. But I think I think Brady will win this. I think the Bucks will win this comfortably. I'm interested to see the run game. Can they get the run game going further? But Brady will probably have two or three passing touchdowns. The reality is the Dolphins won't have enough for them. So I'm going to pick Tampa Bay. Uh, right. We've got one, two, three, four, five. We've got seven games to go. We're going to do another three and take a break for one last segment. Let's try and run through some of these games, boys. Uh, Cincinnati against Green Bay. Interesting game because both teams come are three and one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the, the Bengals playing really, really well in fairness to them, uh, you'd have to say. As look, as long as they can keep Joe Burrow upright um, and he playing, he's a threat. Um, Joe Burrow is a very, very good QB. Um, got... You know, we saw last week, uh, you know, the videos on the sidelines, put it on me, I want it. That's exactly what you want to see from your QB, that they want to win the, the game. Um, so that's a very good sign. The I think probably also helps in terms of the Packers aren't exactly, um, you know, the uh, Ch- Chandler Jones-led uh, cards and getting after the, the QB. Um, so that makes it intriguing. For the Packers losing your CB1, um, him going on IR, less than ideal going up uh, against Burrow. But when you have Rodgers, Devonta Adams and Aaron Jones, um, you're you're always there or thereabouts. I, for me, I, I just think um, this will be a very close game. And the Bengals won't have any fear on, against the, the Packers. But I do think uh, the, you know... This is the uh, you know the the Rogers uh, the Rogers show after um, obviously that blip uh, in um, the first week of the season. Pa- the Packers go to to four and one just about, but the Bengals are a serious team. Yeah, I'm fascinated by Joe Burrow because he had the injury last year. He came back. They didn't go with the offensive line first round pick. We discussed that in other shows, and we felt that they should have done that. But they brought in Jamar Chase, and he's had an immediate connection with him. And they look. I compare him to Rogers in terms of where they were 14 games into their career. It's um, Rogers was 66 percent percentage in terms of completions. Burrow's a 63 percent average, 247 against 262 in yards, um, complete in the game. And then if the touchdown marker is 23 versus 22, quite similar starts to their careers. Yet Rogers was coming into a, a much easier transition, shall we say, because he he took off from Brett Favre. So you could you could argue Burrow's actually had the better start to his career. But the three wins so far against the Vikings, that was a close game. It could have went either way. They beat the Jags, and we've already been very down on the Steelers. So 
Whilst at three and one, I'd argue they haven't really played anyone of top caliber within the league, and today they will. Aaron Jones, in particular, has 200 plus yards already, five touchdowns for the season. Collins touched on it. They've got players on offense around around the team. Uh, Rogers hasn't had a plus 262 yard game so far this season. I believe he'll have it today. I think I think the Packers will be comfortable. I think I can't see the Bengals. I think the Bengals will come back to what we expect of them. You always hit yourself. There's always a shock in the week. I think the shock of the week will be the Bengals beating the Packers. There's only so many times you can hand the ball off to Aaron Jones. It's only it's only week five, all right? So don't worry. It's still early in the season. But I like the way Joe Burrows come in. I like that combination between Jamar Chase. And I think the Bengals' defense will hold the Packers to about 24, 25 points. And I can see them getting the win 28 to 25 or 28 to 24. And I, I, I can see the Packers losing today. And that doesn't mean to say the Packers' season's over or they're going to go down in there. You always have a blip. You always have that game that you lose. Look at the Saints, Brian, last week, for example. I'm joking. I'm, I'm joking. I'm only messing. But I, I think I'm going to pick the Bengals today as a shock. Mark has picked Green Bay. Right. We're going to do two more games, and then we're going to take a quick break. Pittsburgh, Denver. Let's roll through this, right? <laughs> Colin, go on quickly. Massive hotel trouble. Well, I, we're not, we are not going to roll uh, through it as quick as the Broncos are going to roll through Pittsburgh. What a what a farcical situation. The Broncos arrived last night about 11 o'clock, apparently because it's wedding season in Pittsburgh. How do you get the schedule months ago, and yet here you are, and you're you're derailed by a wedding taking place? Absolute Colin, farcical Colin, situation. There's a backlog of weddings because of COVID. And? Well, religious, the, ser- religious the, ceremonies the must take priority. These are billion-dollar franchises. If the, Bron- if the Broncos sold in the morning, they'd sell for about six billion. But apparently, they can't organise a hotel. Ridiculous situation. We discussed this yesterday. Absolutely I like, We discussed. I, I'm not. I don't disagree with you. I totally agree with you because, as Michael made the point last night, whilst we see the schedule in April, the teams see it in March, and then they go back and forth with the league to kind of challenge certain games, and then they well, they should have gone back and forth with hotel reception. That would have been a better thing for All the Broncos right, okay, to okay, do. Okay, who's going to win the game, Colin? They're not playing in a hotel, yeah. so they might be okay. Yeah, they will be okay because the Steelers are so bad on offense. Mm. Just horrific. Um, did I you watched the Broncos like, last week? Yeah, I did. And I watched, I te- watched Teddy Bridwater take, take it in the face. Um, <laughs> and uh, not didn't, didn't end well. If this was Drew Locke, I would be for, for the Steelers. Teddy is back. He'll, he'll do enough. Um, this is going to be horrible to watch. It, uh, well, no, if you enjoyed football, um, you know, when it's, you know, just, it's, it's not even great defenses, I don't think. This is just teams struggling on offense. But the Broncos are going to have enough with Teddy back, with Melvin Gordon, Javante Williams. Um, and the the defense, surely, surely with um, defensive mastermind Vic Fangio, they'll be able to shut down a, a Steelers team that struggled to move the ball. Oh, Teddy, Teddy. Mark picked Pittsburgh, by the way. Pittsburgh from Mark. Did he? Because he was struggling all week, and I was struggling all week because for a long time it looked like Drew Locke was going to play. And I even asked the question the other day when we were discussing when we were sending our picks in, who's playing quarterback? But Teddy's in a quarterback. So, look, for me, this isn't actually about the Broncos. It's about Pittsburgh and how poor they've been, both offensive line and quarterback. I mean, we had the comments last week about Cement Shields, Big Ben, and maybe Big Ben would be like the hotel porter. You know, with players, with players coming everywhere, hotel guests coming everywhere at him this morning because he's going to struggle against this Broncos defense. And like, was last week, offensively, was quite poor for the, for the Broncos, in particular when Teddy went out of the game. Defensively, they still hung around in that game for a long time. And they challenged Lamar Jackson to beat them with his arm, and he did, but that was only over the, the course of maybe four or five plays 
winning the game. And Najee Harris, first pick in the draft, everybody's expecting so much of him. You know, when we spoke to the GM during the offseason and Tom Rooney, everybody was raving about him. He is a great running back, but unfortunately, it just hasn't played, played out so far. The Broncos haven't given up a runner beyond 60 yards. So for me, even that in itself shows how dominant they can be against the run. It's the Broncos for me. No scoring game. Teddy, perfect type of game. He'll just up and down the field. You know, take time off the clock. Broncos win. Broncos East Coast doesn't match a lot. Obviously, they beat the Giants. It's a different situation. They had a full roster now. Albert O is, uh, sorry, Albert Okawaganam is doubtful today. Graham Glasgow, Dalton Reisner, we have no idea if they're going to play. The Broncos have got multiple injuries in offense. And it's a, I think it's a situation where if you're at Pittsburgh defense and you see Teddy Bridgewater, a guy that had was that was concussed last week, do you get open? What do you got to do? What do you got to do? We all know what we're going to do. I'm concerned about it. If Drew Lock comes in, they're having a chance. And it, it pains me to say that. But if you look, I think Najee Harris, if you're Ben and you can't move, here you go, Najee. Oh, it didn't work this time. No problem. Here you go again. And eventually you'll get it. The problem is every defense knows that now that Big Ben can't move. And they just, they, they override on terms of blocking the run game. I can't see us next? getting the points. I, I Sorry, I can't see the Broncos getting the points. I can't see... I can't see the Broncos scoring 21 points to beat this Pittsburgh. I, I think Pittsburgh will get anywhere from 16 to 24 points, and I can see them getting the win. The Steelers' today. defense is quite good as well, but the problem with the Steelers' defense, they can only hold teams for so long in the game because they lost 27-17 last week in, in, in Lambeau to the Packers. But the score was a comfortable game. It was, you know, it's, it's difficult to see where the Steelers' teams go. Last game before we take a break. So Pittsburgh for me, Pittsburgh for Mark as well. Going against the Broncos, already getting a lot of jet on Twitter for that. Uh, the Bears against the Raiders. After a, 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 like a quiet week for the Bears with Justin Fields and a quiet week for the Raiders as well, Colin. Um, yeah, well, look, firstly, absolutely disgraceful comments from John Gruden. Um, and the, the Raiders are apparently doing an internal in, investigation. Um, we'll have to see what comes out of that, but it's going to be it doesn't matter that it was 10 years ago. John Gruden was nearly 50 making those comments. He should have known better. Um, so that, look, that's a really, really serious issue that needs to, to be addressed by um, by both the, the franchise and the league. Um, on a, like, to, to move to, you know, a situation of uh, a head coach making comments in the media that um, make no sense but are relatively harmless, at least, uh, you know, Matt Nagy is on that side. But he, it, it's ridiculous. On Monday, it was definitely Andy Dalton. <laughs> QB1, that's who it's going to be. And then who do we have? We had, no, Wednesday, I've seen enough. It is Justin Fields. He is the future. A Damascus-like conversion from Matt Nagy. Um, and uh, seeing what, you know, everyone wanted him to do. Brian, uh, I think uh, we were discussing it last night, said probably got a phone call from the owners. I think Brian is absolutely right on that. Um, but finally, somebody forced his hand. Um, the The... Given what happened um, with with Gruden, I had like I thought this was going to be the Raiders because they've been playing so well this year. Um, I still think they will, but if you're the the Bears, um, you know suddenly there is a you know there's an extra motivation. I think this game will be closer than I thought it was going to be on Wednesday. Um, I still think um, that the the Raiders should have enough to 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 win it and to move to four and one. But for the Raiders, this is not about this game. This is about a much bigger issue for them. I'd say the nature of the conversation was, hey, Justin Fields, or you'll be packing your bag shortly and you won't be the head coach of the team anymore. Okay, he's our quarterback. I think it went something along those lines. The Ra- Raiders, the Raiders were strange on Monday night. They, like, they lost 28-14 to the Chargers. 
and they were down 21 nil at half time. But yet, by the end of the third quarter, they were down 21 14 and then had an opportunity with a field goal that went went wild. And after that, the Chargers just drove down and killed the game. So they got themselves back into the game. So again, for me, that shows that Gruden has got the team. What comes of this week in terms of the comments, I don't know. It's probably best to leave for another show because we just don't know what's yeah. going to come of that. And even if the Raiders don't decide to take action, I know they put a statement out, but look, they had to address it quickly in terms of just putting an initial statement out. The league may take action and he might be removed, so they might not have a situation you know, in terms of making the decisions themselves. The game itself, Justin Fields is going into Vegas. I think he's going to struggle. I looked at the Raiders' defense. Since uh, Mac went to the Bears and was traded, they've had the worst, the fewest sacks in the league. So they've struggled to get to the quarterback. And there was talk during the offseason of potentially looking to bring him back. I don't think there was anything really in that because the Bears are never going to let him go. But for me, it's difficult to see how where this Bears offense is going because Adam Robinson, who, who Colin Moses alludes as one of the best in the league, he hasn't had 75-plus yards yet, you know, and they've been back and forth with quarterbacks. Maybe now the field is in, we'll see a bit more of a settled offense. They lost Montgomery now for the foreseeable who last week had a really good game against the Lions, only to go injured, and he's gone for six to eight weeks. Um, the Raiders, the offense, is the third best in the league. If you look at the stats, the history, in terms of the yards, they're putting up, the points they're putting up. So for me, at home, I think the Raiders will rebound after the, their AFC West loss, which will, in fact will be their first win since 2018, coming off a loss within the division. I think the Raiders will rebound and win this game. The last time the Raiders and the Bears played each other, Brown O'Leary was sitting right in there in well, London. If they get a game like... We got two years ago. The people in Vegas will be very happy because it looked like it was our sight. And then the Bears made a great comeback only for the Raiders to pip them in the end. I agree with you. I think Justin Fields will struggle today. I think it'll take time to embed that in his offense. And where is Alan Robinson? I think Derek Carr and his offense will be too much for Alan him. Robinson's running curl routes because that's what they see. They, they, you know, they can, he can run down the field, guys. He can <laughs> let, him, let him go further than 10 yards. It doesn't have to be six or seven all the time. I'm picking Vegas. Mark's picking Vegas. Vegas all the way. I was just going to say that Bears offensive line is, is continuing to struggle and maybe that's the reason why the quarterback can't get the ball down the field because he doesn't have enough time. Let's see. We've got four more games to go on. We're going to bring on Michael Lavery in a second. So I don't know if he can hear us. We'll see the clock. Four more games. We'll be back for the final part of the show in just a second on the Irish NFL show. Okay, folks, welcome back into the final segment of the Irish NFL show this week, live from Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, presented by Trust Gaming and also presented by Matchbook Betting Exchange. You can use code Irish NFL Show for a bonus. You can see we're in London. From London to Lurgan, Michael Lavery's joining us for the last segment of the show. Welcome in, Michael. You were at the Falcons media practice on Friday. Did you enjoy it? Yeah, it was. Uh, thanks for having me on. Thanks, lads. Uh, the Falcons practice was, was brilliant. Uh, the one thing I do want to say is I don't care what anybody says. Those lads are athletes. Every single one of them are massive. Everyone right down to the kicker. Young Wakou was standing on the podium, yeah. and he is ripped. He is a big lad. Uh, but yeah, the practice was amazing, and it was great to see How some of the players. Michael, you? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, sitting there, even though he was on the podium when he stood down off it, he, he was he was big. Happy days. Thanks so much for going as well, and obviously it was great. Thanks to the NFL for making that happen in the UK. Let's we've got four games to look at in 14 minutes. So we've got the Chargers going to Cleveland. Come, I'll start with you, and we'll go around and get Michael and me. So. What's your thoughts, Char? That, that, that game's in SoFi Stadium. Will we see one of those teams in so, so, SoFi Stadium on February the 13th? Uh, yeah, I think we could. Um, at this rate, we could see the, the Rams against the, the Chargers potentially. Um, really looking uh, good for the, the Chargers. Um, their head coach is outstanding. Um, he, he's a genius. 
uh, on and off the field. Um, like his press conferences are quickly becoming legendary. Park life. Um, he, yeah, <laughs> he's uh, he look the the Chargers are fantastic, and um, I thought they might drop it in the division la- last week and get get caught. I still think they're in with a great shout of winning the the division um, and beating the the Chiefs just because Herbert is ridiculous. Um, and uh, to have both him and Mahomes in the division um, is, uh, as a Broncos fan, that's horrific. But uh, for for spectators, fascinating to see them duel it out for the next 15 years. <sighs> um, Joey Boza made some um, comments um, and hurt the referee's feelings, so the league had to fine him for that. Uh, apparently, you get fined more for hurting the referee's feelings than hitting guys in the uh, head, but there you go. Um, the Browns did enough last week, but weren't massively uh, impressive in a, in a very strange kind of game against the, the Vikings that nobody seemed to want to win. I think this could be a really fascinating games. I have the Chargers ed- just about edging it because uh, I think Herbert is a better um, quarterback than Baker Mayfield. Right, who have you got? Well, just on Justin Herbert, he's 7-1 and one now in his last eight games. I know we're rolling back into last season. That one defeat was against Cowboys in week two. He's starting to get that winning mentality. I know he was playing on a different coast last year, but he's starting to get that confidence. He, has, he knows what it's like to win the NFL. He knows what it's like to win these difficult games. Monday night, for, for argument's sake, was touched on. The Raiders came back into the game, but yet when he got the ball in the fourth quarter, big, long drive, put the game away, really efficient. Really efficient. Austin Eckler, actually, this season has been quite good. You know, people... I think you challenge people to think, is he really a number one running back in the league? Plus 50 yards in every game. The Browns haven't given up a plus 50 running back yet. The media Browns right now are probably the best defense in the league so far. I know they had a difficult one week one against the Chiefs, but they've rebounded well after. And for me, I think the Browns are going to win. Uh, last week, they held Kirk Cousins to 245, having put up 400 yards. I know it's a different offense, Vikings, to three games. So they know how to slow down these attack-minded offenses, which is what the charges are. I feel that the Browns will do enough to win. It'll be a low-scoring game. The Browns just before um, our banners. <laughs> you may Browns. have seen it actually fell down. <laughs> or I watched it live. You can see it start to go then. Very, very well timed in the camera. Look, I'm going to take the Chargers. Mark's taking the Chargers, all right? Here we go, Michael. Yeah, I'm probably going to go Chargers as well. Um, just like Colin was saying earlier, I'm fast starting to love the Chargers. Um, Branton Staley, Justin Herbert, they're becoming this quick, lovable duo. Um, his press conference about why you need to run the ball and develop that sort of style of play. But also then for the Browns, Baker Mayfield isn't 100% healthy. Um, we, we know about this torn labrum or whatever it is mm-hmm. in his shoulder. Um, and what felt like a bit of a hit from Odell Beckham saying, you know, I've been playing with that for 10 years. To me, I, I, I took that as a bit of a man up and get on with it sort of segment. So people are worried about sort of the chemistry between those two. Um, it wouldn't and, be like Odell to have a few comments. No, a bit of an ego? No, I wouldn't think so. Think? Uh, <laughs> Do you like Odell, no? I can understand why we moved around. <laughs> like that. Yeah, well, I think I think, uh, think just with the way the Chargers play, how Branton Staley, being a defensive-minded coach as well, um, with Baker Mayfield not at full potential, limiting this Browns offense and making them run the ball, uh, I think the Chargers will come out on top. Uh, right, we're, we're going to go through this next game quickly because we have to do Sunday Night Football and we have to do that game. Should, that game's not even on TV. That It's on Game Pass. Chargers against the Chiefs. Chargers against... The Browns, <laughs> look, it's been a hard morning. You can see it's, it's been a bit mad. Cowboys, Giants, I'm just going to start off. Mark is saying the, the Cowboys. I'm saying the Cowboys. Cowboys look for real. We could go through this very quickly, but it's up to you boys. Colin, we'll start with you. Um, 
look, uh, the the Giants got up off the the canvas, uh, Tyson Tyson Fury esque, uh, and um, <laughs> put a put the beat down on the Saints uh, last week to get the the first win. Um, the unfortunate thing for the poor Giants is they run into a Cowboys team who talk about having a, a head of steam. They um, they've been really really impressive, um, and they just have so many weapons, so many angles that that they can uh, come at you. Look, um, these two teams do not like each other. It is a division rivalry. Um, it'll be closer, I think, than probably the if the Cowboys were going up against uh, an, another team with a similar record. But the Cowboys just have too many um, weapons in their arsenal, and they are uh, they'll win this. Let me to tell you how the Giants. What the Giants need to do to win the game? Just tell me who thinks going to win the game. We've got we've got twelve. The, minutes. Gi- the Cowboys' <laughs> offense. If you look at the stats for the season, they're the highest production team in terms of getting a fourth down off a fourth and second down. Not many teams are putting them in third down because they're so efficient on fourth and second. They're, they're playing the game on their terms offensively. That needs to change. Giants need to get in Prescott's face. They need to stop the run game and need to slow them down. This Cowboys defense as well. People are saying, oh, Trevon, Trevon Dix, five interceptions. It doesn't take away from the fact that they're the 26th ranked defense in the league. I said, <laughs> go on the other side and Brown, their, their rookie cornerback, is getting exposed every week. Mm. The Giants did a great job last week of going after the rookie cornerback in the Saints. I imagine they will do that. I believe the Giants will put up a lot of points. But right now, this Giants defense, which I harked on about being our strong point for the season, hasn't materialized. So I think high-scoring game, I don't think Giants will get blown out. In fact, I think it'll be similar to all the other games. We'll be in the game until the fourth, but I think the Cowboys will pull away at the end and win the game. You got uh, Cowboys, just plain and simple. What a man. He knows we're, <laughs> that we're in a rush, and he just says the one word. Uh, uh, yes, no answer very quickly. Are the Cowboys for real? Yes. Okay, lovely. For, I, can I make one more yeah, point? Yeah, go, go, Sorry. Go, go. Troy Aikman this week was very dismissive of the Giants. I'm, I'm delighted with that. A bit of extra motivation for the team. I think it's gone down well with the Giants. Players all week seem to be speaking about it. Interesting to see how they react tonight. Well, they stopped last week. They used to be Giants. They didn't stop to go back on their feet last week. Fair play to Richard them. Graves is nervous. Richard, the Cowboys fan. Richard coming on next Sunday as I well. Know, here I, next I Sunday. Richard's podcast. I, Richard's Richard is watching the show because Richard said, he says, the Giants should be 3-1. They're only 1-3 and three, and that's making me very nervous. Richard's on NFL Network today as well if you're watching on Game Pass or on Sky Sports before the game. I'm not sure what the schedule is today. Uh, 49ers, Cardinals. Cardinals 4-0. 49ers 2-2 two two are penultimate game. This is an intriguing game column in Arizona where the 49ers go two and three to lose this game. Yeah, um, but I think injury um, forcing uh, Shanahan to make his decision he should have made a lot earlier. Trey Lance to um, to make his debut, but um, going up against the, the Cards. I'm fascinated to see what Lance can do, um, but they lost Kittle. That's a, a huge loss for, for the Niners. Um, and again, this Cardinals team, just like the Cowboys, they have so many different um, options, uh, ways to beat you. They can beat you on the ground. They can beat you through the air. Um, and their their defense is serious as well. Um, look, undoubtedly, Kyle Shannon has scheme up a few really interesting things with Trey Lance. I have no doubt about that. Um, but I think the beat this might be too much for the, the beat-up 49ers. The cards move to 5-0. and I'm just going to make it very clear. I made this pick before I knew Kittle was out. Okay, <laughs> I'm picking the 49ers. The 49ers have won seven of the last ten games on the road. Mm. They went in on Christmas Day when everybody expected Kyler Murray to blow them out. And defensively, they put a mastermind in, in place and they beat them. And they played the last few games of last year in Arizona because of the COVID, because of the situation in Santa Clara. So whilst they go there once a year, they are very familiar with that ground. 
And I actually think, to Colin's point, I think they will find a way for get Lance really involved in the run game, run pass options. Debo Samuel's having a great season, and I think he's a very underrated wide receiver. Just have a sneaking feeling that the 49ers find a way to win because if they lose, if you see, it's it's a hard it's a hard comeback to see them winning the division from here. Well, it's good because we've got a fan of the Seahawks beside us. We haven't got time to talk about Russell Wilson, but it, you, it's not the end of the world. But yeah, in terms of getting to that top of that division, it's difficult. Yeah, look, I've got the, I've got the Cardinals winning this game going to five and zero. Mark Cockerell, hi Mark, has got the Arizona Cardinals winning this game as well going to five and zero. Who have you got today? Also the Cardinals. Uh, I think they're just they're clicking at the right time. You know, they're firing on all cylinders. Kyler Murray is just absolutely excellent. We've seen a bit of a resurgence from AJ Green as well. He was quiet there for a few years. He's got a couple of touchdowns this season, so they've got. Green, Hopkins, Kirk, uh, Edmonds, that, that offense is just absolutely stacked. And then on the other side of the ball as well, the defense is just playing fantastic when it needs to. Um, I, th- I think the Cardinals just keep rolling. Just before we look at Sunday Night Football, uh, we're going to look very quickly at Matchbook, our presenters, our sponsors. So Matchbook, better way to bet. Use code Irish NFL show for a bonus. Folks, 18 plus, please gamble aware. Only gamble what you can afford. Brian, how many picks did you get last week? I did really well last week. I got, I think I got 11. 11.016. I rebounded off a difficult week. You, Look, you, my friend, went yeah, very bad. Wow, yeah, very, very bad. I'm looking forward to this week. What's our, can you remember our traveler or, 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 yeah, I haven't here. yeah. So, um, Irish NFL shows, uh, weekly pick, uh, brought to you by our friends at Matchbook and uh, matchbook.com. Uh, bet 10, get 15 euro, use the tagline to get the, uh, the free coupon bet. But our four teams for this week, we think the Bucks are going to beat um, the Dolphins. We mm. think the Vikings will rebound off a loss last week and beat the Lions. Um, we're all confident the Raiders in Las Vegas beating the Bears. And the final one is the Pages against the hapless Texans team. We think the Pages will win comfortably. So Bucks, Vikes, Raiders, Patriots in the round 7-4, to 15-8. Four teams on paper that we feel will win all on the money line. You can bet in Euros or if you live in Toronto or Armagh. Or anywhere else in the north, you can bet also in Sterling as well. That's what's so good about Matchbook. And thanks again to Aidan, the team at Matchbook, for giving us a few euros to bet on every week. And we really appreciate it. Check out matchbook.com, the app. Use code Irish and Avalsh. Very easy to set up as well. Um, Sunday Night Football is a decent game this week. Uh, it's all right. I mean, <laughs> as somebody that has a flight tomorrow morning at 6 a.m., I can't watch this game, boys. I'd love to. Chiefs, Bills, Arrowhead, or Colin. I don't know what to call it at the minute. What's it called now? Geeha or something? Yeehaw. Um, Will you be yeehawing tonight? Well, it, it, whatever it's called, it, it's not a, it's not the happy place that uh, it has been over the past few years. Um, look, the, uh, offensively, the, the Chiefs are fantastic, and I think uh, I gave a stat last week that the Eagles hadn't given up uh, one play over twenty yards, uh, and then Tyree Hill showed up, and that's the thing. I mean, you can stop Kelsey, but then there, there's Hill. Um, the problem for the Chiefs is they are coming up against the Bills team that are serious, really serious, great defense, um, great offense, Josh Allen finding his feet, Zach Moss is running the ball really well. Um, I I think that the, the Chiefs won't have enough um, and they have their issues on defense are going to cost them and the Bills are winning and the Chiefs are going to go below 500 again. Have you got I'm surprised the Chiefs are favourites, and it's it's kind of unusual to say that because they're always the favourites. But you look at this year, they're giving up an average of 30 points per game. The Bills have had two shutouts against the Dolphins, and I know against the hapless Texans team. They're the number one defence in the league. So you look, you weigh all that up, and Josh Allen has come back, struggling week one against the Steelers. But you look at the other games, he's played reasonably well. Why are, why are the Chiefs favourites? Because it's like a legacy thing now. Um, 
I think the Chiefs have to, I know they won last week against the Eagles, but I think a lot of people would expect them to win. For me, they have to win this game. Because for me, it's more so about the long-term picture in terms of the AFC seeding. They they lost to the Ravens, so they've lost that part. They beat the Browns. And I think these are the kind of teams that will be in the mix. I don't know why. Well, actually, I don't know why I'm picking the Chiefs, because <laughs> it looks like the Bills should win, really. But for me, I just find, I think they'll find a way to win. I think Mahomes and Andy Reid will have done enough scheming this week to come up with a plan. And maybe... Spags will finally get this defense to rebound and come back to what they were for large parts of last year. So for me, the Chiefs. Sorry, let me go Spags there. Uh, yeah, P- people are finally. Obviously, you've been mentioning a lot, but it was talking to Jeff Ryan Bolden Friday that people are starting to finally talk about this Chiefs defense. You know, if it was any other team in the league, they'd be talking about it from week one. The amount of points that they've conceded, the way in which they've conceded points, is alarming. I think. The cracks will show tonight against Buffalo. I think the offense will be too good for them. And I this is the sort of game the Chiefs will lose and then win in the playoffs. You know what I mean? This is just the annoying thing. But the reality is, Josh Allen's going to go in looking for revenge on last year, albeit it's not the postseason yet. And that Bills offense will get a win tonight in Arrowhead. They'll score 35 to 42 points. And the Chiefs won't be able to stop them. The Chiefs will get very close, but they're not going to win. And if they go two and three, and I said this last week, if they lose again, if they lose again in the next month, people have to start asking questions. They have to because you can't give somebody half a billion dollars and just be like, yeah, no, it's grand, but we've got Mahomes. It's grand. It's not on, it's not on him. It's not on Patrick Mahomes in the same way like it's not on Jalen Hurts for the Eagles. Like, they're yeah. not building it around. Their defense isn't good enough. Oh, they, they, yeah, I mean, they look, they have, they have questions um, to sort out. Like what they're doing with Chris Jones makes no sense. Why you'd look to move him to the edge when he's one of the, uh, the best defensive tackles? It makes that makes no sense to me. What they're doing, they have to figure that out. There are absolutely questions at that end. Um, but um, the Patrick Mahomes is doing what he needs to do. Forty-two points against the, the I know, Eagles. I know, but it's not going to matter if they keep letting points in. You don't build a stadium, right, and not host any events. And that defense, boys, is the defense for large parts of last year was really strong. And in the playoffs against the Browns, when Mahomes went down, it was a defense that got them over the line. And then so the protection just, ruined them. It didn't improve yeah. it, you know, in the offseason. Michael, last word in this game. Uh, one team you don't want to be licking points to is this Bills team. They've already shut two teams out this season. I'm not saying they're going to shut the Chiefs out. It's, it's good. Uh, it's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll all be talking about it for the next yeah, two weeks. That'll be something. Yeah. But it's, uh, Even the papers are shocking. <laughs> it's something that you just you, you can't be doing. Uh, I think this is going to be a really strong game for the Bills. I think this could be a standout game for Josh Allen where a lot of people... Now, he divides opinion quite a bit. People say, is, is he going to take that next step? He's already taken that next step. He, he is an elite-level quarterback. And I think tonight uh, in this game, it's just going to be... People are going to notice. They're going to say that, that game that Josh Allen put in in Arrowhead against this this Chiefs team that everyone yeah. just seems to refer as to as immortal for some reason. Um, I'm taking the Bills and I'm taking Josh Allen to have a, a great game. And who Mark's do Mark, who do Mark pick? Mark's picking the Chiefs. That's two and three. Or Mark three, picking right? the Chiefs. Yeah, Mark. Uh, Mark will be here next week as well, and, and we're back here next week for the uh, the Jaguars against the Miami Dolphins. But that that's it. We somehow spoke to D Orlando, brought Michael on, went through 14 games in one hour. And 20 odd minutes just for a start thanks to everybody that's watched the show this morning you know it's one thing planning something for actually to go ahead lads i mean colin it's, it's been it's been great this morning hasn't it? yeah i know fantastic um and great couple of days in in london all um looking forward to the rest of the day and obviously next week the meetup 
um, you know, I, the, the only thing I can say is uh, we were promised sunshine. I was promised it was going to be 18 degrees. It feels like it's about four yeah, degrees four currently. Degrees. <laughs> um, so, yeah, looking forward to getting inside the stadium. And Brian, obviously, we're hoping the NFL media will allow Colm into the stadium wearing a shirt. I mean, that's what I'm concerned about. Can't, well, can't, can't hear your shirt's too loud. <laughs> I think you might, you might find him a gold jacket or something. <laughs> I did warn him, like, we're a half seven this morning. I said, you're not putting a coat on. He goes, oh, no, it'll be fine. Okay. A, a massive Grand. thanks to, to Sean uh, La Lassay and, and, and the lads as well for their honestly fine video work under pressurizing circumstances this morning, lads. Thanks so much as well. And Michael, thanks to you coming on as well. Oh, I'll meet you for a coffee in Lurgan. I really appreciate it. Thanks, lads. Sounds good. Uh, look, Jets, Falcons. So hold on. Who, who are you picking? I don't know. Uh, Falcons. Falcons. Jets. Jets. Falcons. J E T S. <laughs> Jets. I can't not pick the Jets anymore. I'm going to pick the Jets for the next 14 weeks. No, look. Hope it's a good game. If you're watching the game, it's on Sky Sports NFL 230. If you're in the stadium, be sure to say hello. I will try and do our best. Give Brian a shot as well. Where are you sitting? I'm up in the premium section. Right. Okay. <laughs> Grand and you're uh, up, up in the nosebleeds. <laughs> Say hello to everyone. <laughs> Looking forward to it. It is great to have the NFL back in London. Hopefully someday we're doing this from outside Crook Park Hotel in the morning, laughing, oof, oof, live crowd. We'll try and get people up here next week for a laugh as well. But until now, until, until then, we'll see you tomorrow night live. We'll see you next Sunday live from Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. And thanks for watching the Irish NFL Show, folks. Have a good day.